Creativity is a team sport. Yes, sometimes the actual act of making work, that, that can sometimes be a solo activity, like drawing or writing or editing a film. But the real driving force behind every creative pro is their community, the clients, collaborators, peers, and the rest of the humans in the complex web of symbiotic relationships that give us inspiration, support, collaboration, sometimes ultimately an income, a living in a life. Creativity doesn't actually live in a vacuum. Ultimately, we depend on each other, much like any member of an ecosystem. Therefore, somewhat paradoxically, the best thing you can do for yourself is to help your community. Time invested in this is basically guaranteed to jumpstart your career and lay the foundation for big moves in the years to come. It's the foundation on which I personally built my career and one that's launched countless careers before and since. And the basic idea is super simple. It's just selflessly help others, in particular your peers, achieve their goals. And in doing so, that will enable you to achieve yours right alongside them. Now, there's all kinds of important nuances to this. There's, there's subtleties that you've got to discover, but the fundamental concept is literally that simple. By selflessly helping others, you'll achieve your own goals right alongside them. Now, a little bit of backstory is probably warranted here, um, and this involves how I put myself on the map in the same way. Now, before I get into the nuts and bolts of how I put this into action, I think it's important to share some history um, on how this works in practice, um, drawing from my own career. And, and, and back in the 2000s, <laughs> it goes way back when I really started hitting my stride as a professional photographer. It was way harder to learn the craft back then than it is today, you know. The only way at that moment was theoretically was to learn from pros. You had to, you know, assist them and, and, um, you know, the, one of these scarce jobs, uh, assisting a well-known pro in an area of interest for you. Now that I'm not saying that that doesn't exist anymore, but that was basically the only way to learn because again, there was no internet digital cameras at the time didn't exist. It was film. Right. So you'd have to go out and shoot. Can you imagine having to shoot 36 pictures and then wait two days to find out how they turned out and how your meter readings or what your composition was like that? It just was so much harder. There were literally very few and very narrow means to access the wisdom about the craft and all of those in the trenches details that we today take for uh, for granted around behind the scenes videos and whatnot. Remember, this is pre YouTube pre-digital cameras, pre-social media, and again, back in the 2000s. Now, as someone who's always prized the value of the creative community and who, you know, specifically I grew up in a family of very modest means, the fact that access to that education was so limited, that never really sat right with me. And at that time, I set out to do the very few things that I felt like I could to simultaneously grow my craft learn from experience and doing because I didn't have people that I was training under and I didn't, I literally had the library, but I set out to do the few things that I could to simultaneously grow my own craft and 
contribute to my community and to help others hone their craft in part by sharing how I did things, sharing my highs and my lows, my wins and losses, but also asking advice, thoughts, considerations of the few other people that I did know in the industry, despite my not working for them. It was mostly like striking up a conversation based around curiosity of the craft and, and, and positivity. So part of that process for me was a documentation process. I began documenting my techniques and in the, the very, very earliest behind the scenes videos, just to be clear, the term behind the scenes didn't actually even exist. I mean, the words existed, but it wasn't a well-known, it wasn't a parlance of the time like it is right now. If you Google behind the scenes photography videos, you didn't get anything. There's no, nothing came up in the early, early internet. So I started to document my experiences behind the lens, my experiences. And a lot of these were failures, a, a trial on a new technique with a flash uh, or a strobe and, and sometimes my failure, but sometimes there was a success. And sometimes this combination of a little bit of failure and a little bit of success, lo and behold, ended up making for a good video. I started also blogging in 2000, I think four, I started a blog that is the same one that I have on my site today. And I started to reveal there posting some of these videos. Again, YouTube still didn't exist at the time. It was Google video and a site called Vidler and a few others, but I started embedding those videos on my blog. And the goal with that was to reveal not just my techniques and wins and losses and, but it was to try and motivate a little bit of a dialogue, especially around areas that were, um, considered industry secrets, you know, and, and my goal with revealing those secrets or un unpeeling the layered onion or opening what I called at the time, the black box of photography was to free that information and, and, and make like to free it in the conceptual sense and also make that free, uh, you know, especially that information that had been very jealously protectively guarded by most of the existing pros or the practitioners in the field. Now creating this sort of free how to stuff is beyond common. It's almost trite today. I mean, in fact, that's what this is, right? Uh, I mean, I'm making uh, content right now, just talking freely into a microphone about my experiences, but specifically with the goal of helping someone. But am I the only one on the internet doing this? Obviously, no, there's millions and millions, tens of millions, maybe, maybe hundreds of millions of people that are doing this. But back then, it was anything but common. And whether, <laughs> whether, well, I just say it was one of the earliest photographers certainly to be doing this. And I kind of did, it was almost an accident. I feel like it was based largely on my hunger, my curiosity, my desire to publish. If I could publish the, the process of learning, you know, maybe someone else would realize that they didn't know as much. And if we combined brains and um, got together and swapped some notes on the internet, that we both might be able to elevate our game. So you know, none of this happened overnight, but over time I did build a, I guess I, I built a community of, of aspiring photographers, professional and otherwise. That was truly, truly global, truly across the globe on the back of these efforts to help others learn and 
to be fair in, in, in transparency, like I wanted to help others, but I also wanted to learn and borrow information that they had. So it was the community that I created, you know, with all that stuff I just said, which actually started was the beginnings of a platform for myself that I early on recognized that, wait a minute, this platform, this relationship that I have with other people, my sharing transparently, getting information from them is actually the thing that largely led to many of the most incredible, most fun, daring, exciting opportunities in my career. You know, partnering with epic collaborators, people who were way, way above my punching weight, you know, directors that um, that were, had directed Hollywood movies and authors that were, you know, New York Times bestselling authors. And I was, I was just a, a I would call him a, a journeyman photographer at the time. It also started, though, unlocking a relationship with incredible brands. You know, it helped me recognize that, wait a minute, I, I know enough about photography. Maybe I can create some software in the form of an app that would help people take pictures. And maybe I could build the first ever photography social network in an app called Best Camera, which was the app of the year in 2009. Again, the, the giving information away was the mechanism, the foundation that it's probably the reason, honestly, that you're listening to this right now. It also led to endorsements and sponsorships and not, it's also hard to understand that these things didn't actually exist at the time. I remember knowing someone at one of the large camera manufacturers and asking them, and this was a, a, a VP level person, someone was a decision maker at one of these brands saying, okay, so who's this person on the back of this pro photography magazine here? And, oh, this is fill in the blank X person. I'm like, cool. How much, like, how much did they make for doing that? And like, what do you mean? How much did they make? You know, the answer was basically, no, we licensed a photograph from them. And so they literally didn't even get paid for being on the back of a magazine at the time. The circulation was, I think in the hundreds of thousands, if not more. And that was just crazy to me because I had come from action sports where sponsored athletes got paid. They got paid dollars, actual real dollars, because it was the athletes who moved the units who who sold skis and snowboards and made the sport something that that other you know everyday folk aspired to do so that didn't make sense for me and and in bringing that this idea of endorsements and sponsorships who would literally did not exist for photographers you know that was brought about by the platform that I had built through creating and sharing same with, you know, contributing to the Pulitzer Prize winning story, Snowfall, you know, making a couple of best-selling books, you know, speaking at trade shows and at corporate events all over the world, in including the UN. All of this was actually, I mean, ultimately even maybe the White House and 10 Downing Street. And now that I think about, you know, a lot of these talks that I've given was because I had developed a platform and the platform is sort of a dirty technology word for community, develop relationships around the world, surfacing and sharing information. Now, right now, you know, whatever, we're 15 minutes into this, 10 minutes into this podcast. You're like, yeah, this is all old news. But this is not just about a list of my personal accomplishments. 
This is trying to help you understand, and in a way reinforce for myself, but primarily help you understand that all of this was possible only because of creating and sharing. Only possible because of community. It's still bonkers to me that I started out taking pictures of my friends skateboarding and then to get, you know, to get invited to these places where I didn't feel like I belonged, but I was crazy inspired to be a part of, it started to become a pattern. And now, of course, I want to believe I'm a solid photographer, a solid director. I've done some shit. And I'm not saying this to be boastful in any way, but I'm trying to explicitly lay out the incredible opportunities that are possible that go beyond just the craft of whatever it is that you are toward which you endeavor. Again, the craft is not the thing that led to these opportunities. Craft is necessary, of course, because no one, um, no, it's, uh, you got to be good at your craft. That's sort of the get in the door. But what just continually surprises me and what I am extremely grateful for and what I'm starting to turn the mirror back to you now is that community, craft rather, is necessary, but it's not a sufficient condition for success, nor is it sufficient for fulfillment. I like both those things. I like them together, right? Success and fulfillment. And if you think of craft being good at anything as necessary, but not sufficient, I think that is a very, very powerful framework for you to use and for you to then turn on yourself and ask yourself, am I just getting really good at my craft, which is important. It's very important. But you should also ask yourself, am I cultivating community? Now, you guys know this is part of my book. If you've read Creative Calling, the Amplify, the fourth part of the book, remember I-D-E-A, I-D-E-A, Imagine, Design, Execute, Amplify. The Amplify is all about community. So I've I've talked about this at length, but I want to sort of crystallize the thousands of hours that I spent working on stuff just for the sake of sharing it with my peers, just for the sake of literally helping others was as much as anything else, the magic ingredient for my success, for the the fulfillment that I got from doing what I loved, taking pictures, building businesses. Now, every hour that I put into free content, that we at Creative Live put into free content that is traveling all over the world has come back to me or has come back to Creative Live or come back to the others that I know have contributed in spades. And it's come back via the craziest opportunities that I could never quite, you know, quantify or qualify or put down because they're so many and they're so numerous. Now, I'm going to shift gears here for a second. I'm going to do what I think can help you put this sort of rant that I'm on, help you put it into action. I want you to start by asking yourself a simple question. 
what can I do? Now, this is you responding. What can I do today that will help someone else in my community achieve their goals? Simple question, right? And I'm thinking that maybe you've got some very specific and valuable knowledge, something you can share with the community as, for example, I did with my photography, the goods and the bads, the hits and the whiffs. You've got something like that. And I'm suggesting that you start to share that with the express goal of helping someone else. I believe, it's my belief that this is a proven path. It's worked for me, worked for so many others as well. And take it from me also, you don't have to share expert advice because you pretending to be an expert and sharing something in a world where you're not actually an expert doesn't actually help. So what are you an expert in? If you want, I'm not suggesting that you pose as an expert photographer, designer, home builder, entrepreneur, if you haven't done those things at a high level. But a little twist on that, like what have you done that is uniquely you? What have you learned that maybe other people who are shy and have never gone to a trade show or um, maybe you have a hard time in one area and you can share a solution to the thing that you found difficult. Whatever it is, there's something that is uniquely you that is real, that is an area where you don't even have to be a renowned expert, but something that you overcame. I think the most important part is that you just show up and start doing this. Now, there are probably some of you listening right now like, oh my God, I'm not comfortable sharing sharing knowledge. I don't know if my knowledge, especially with that qualifier, like I don't have to be an expert, but I need to be personal. And like, I don't know what that is. I want you to rest assured that there are lots of ways where you can be tremendously helpful to others. For example, the world desperately needs people who are super happy to roll up their sleeves and do the unsexy work, right? I remember I've hired hundreds and hundreds of PA, production assistants in, in my time as a professional. And the idea of hiring someone who is grumpy or snarky or cynical is just, I cannot stomach that at all. Now, if I find someone who doesn't know much, but they're happy to go to work, happy to be positive, happy to learn, happy to do less than sexy work, working the door at an event or hanging up flyers or cleaning up after uh, a photo shoot or entering data to help your, your startup be successful. Those people are in need. And I bet if you actually care about making headway, toward whatever it is you endeavor, that you can, you can take that attitude, that series of skills, that the energy, the positivity, you can take that and put it to work today in an area that interests you. There's lots of people who are interested in, in sharing strategy or I want to share my ideas, but there are so few people eager to get their hands dirty and do the damn thing. Help at a ground grassroots basic level that can be you that can be something that you can contribute now 
whatever work, especially if you don't take on the glamorous work or if you intentionally do take on the unglamorous work, I promise you that if you do it enough that people will greatly appreciate this. In fact, they're going to appreciate your assistance specifically because it lacks glamour. It lacks pizzazz. It's maybe a job or two removed from the thing that you actually want to do, but you're one step closer to it just by being in the room. Ask for volunteers on a cool, high-profile thing that comes with lots of prestige, and you're going to get a million people who want to help or participate or collaborate. There's going to be plenty of people with ideas and strategies, but you know how many people are going to be there and willing to get their hands dirty and do the damn work? The gritty, ugly work, the underbelly of the project, of every project, whatever discipline we're talking about. You know how many people want to do that? Very few. But if you consistently show up with a smile on your face, volunteer to do whatever needs to be done and do a really good job, a kick-ass job at whatever humble project, humble job you have been asked to do, people will remember. Those are the people that I remember, that I ultimately hired, that I ultimately featured their product or signed them up or collaborated with them down the road, whether that was two months, two weeks, or two years later. That kind of stuff counts a lot. I remember the people who raised their hand and volunteered for the job that wasn't in the spotlight. And this wasn't this memory of you or these folks wasn't just because you did dirty work that needed to be done. It's because it also sent me a message of your character, that you're a team player, that you have humility, that you're actually willing to do what it takes to get the ball across the line. And with attention to detail and care and caring along the way. Now, these are exactly, precisely the qualities that make you super valuable in any profession. These are intangibles, right? These are intangibles that if you combine those intangibles with fantastic craft that you are constantly working on on your own. Remember, this is about being around other people, learning from people further along in the food chain than you are, or helping teach others that haven't experienced what you've experienced. These invaluable things make very valuable professionals. Those intangibles combined with skills, with craft, that is actually the winning formula. So right now there's you know, nine out of the 10 people that you are deeply inspired by have done exactly what I'm suggesting you do. Your willingness to do something ostensibly mundane like hanging flyers on telephone poles or collecting tickets or entering data, that can start to take on a much greater significance than it seems on the surface. Sure, you are just hanging flyers or just entering data or what fill in the blank, whatever. But if you kick ass at those things, especially in a world where no one else is doing it or no one's getting paid or no one's standing out and you do the tough, hard job, to build community, to foster relationships with other people, people will ultimately see that as a sign that you kick even more ass the time you can start being paid or there's extra room to bring uh, on a new employee or a contractor or 
for you to add value in a different way than you did on the first project that you showed up and were willing to get your hands dirty. Now, of course, you need to value your time and value your energy, but I'm talking about contributing to the community. I think this power structure, this ladder, it takes care of itself if you always do good work. If you work hard and you try and be your best self at whatever you're doing, I'm here to tell you that people notice. I was noticed. Even though I didn't work for another photographer, whatever I did do, whenever I contributed to my community, whenever I, you know, gave a free talk when I would other when other photographers may have charged uh, or when I showed up at the local photography meetup and brought examples and brought free printer paper and brought whatever I could afford to bring, maybe some beers, people notice. Now, I want to throw a few guidelines on here and a couple of finer points for, for how to get results out of this. Now, I don't think you can go wrong by following your instincts. I, that's how I just followed my instincts. Like what, what I, I want to learn and help and collaborate and, and show people how I'm, you know, my energy and my passion and how I think I can make a difference. But there's obviously a few nuances here. And so let's get into just a couple so that you can calibrate, uh, internalize your, your inner compass here. Now, Number one, I recommend you aim to add value to your peers, not just famous people. It's not all about going to work for uh, Russell Wilson if you want to make content. And uh, for those you don't know, he's this—he's a quarterback for the Seattle Seahawks. Sure, you're working for Russell Wilson would be great if you're a cameraman or a camera woman and you want to go take pictures. That's fantastic. But what about your local photographer down the street or the person who's in the trade organization with you that needs help organizing the event? I believe that you ought to aim to add value to your peers, not just famous people. A common misperception in this idea is that you should glom onto people who are seen as VIPs. Um, to me, that stems from the incorrect belief that these people will somehow be the most valuable connections. I do believe getting close to greatness and learning from people that you truly want to be around is valuable. It's a bit gross to look at people through that lens, using them, for example. It's also not the most effective strategy. So if you can start to get the opportunity to lend a hand to someone who can be a mentor, then by all means, you know, do it if it makes sense. I don't want to say that that's not valuable because... The concept of knowing people who can help you, that's very valuable. I'm just here to remind you that knowing people that can help you, but you do not quite yet know how, that is also a valuable way of investing your time. I like you to consider focusing on people who are your peers, who are at your level, or just a little bit ahead, or just a little bit behind you. That's a great place to start more than just trying to rub elbows with the power players. It's a longer game, certainly, but it's definitely the right game to play. Remember, the power ladder takes care of itself if you're doing good work, working hard, and always trying to be your best self. People notice, and importantly, specifically the right people notice. Now, 
you might be asking, wait, why, why would I focus on my peers and not people who are, you know, superstars in whatever industry? Well, first of all, because quite simply, you likely <laughs> don't know those people and you do know your peers, right? If you're an aspiring director with only a couple shorts under your belt, then you'll probably be more valuable to someone like you, someone who else who has that level of experience than, say, James Cameron. And given that the whole basis of this approach that I'm sharing with you is about being helpful to others in a way that's meaningful and substantial, I'm not quite sure how you can, at this point in your career, maybe add value or be meaningful or be substantial to James Cameron. That's why I think it's great to start with your peers, because I do think that you can put yourself in places around your peers where you can make a real contribution. And that is a huge piece of what I'm um, prescribing for you. Second, and very importantly, in doing this with your peers, you begin planting the seeds of relationships that will bear fruit way down the road that you, in ways you can't actually imagine right now. And as your peers grow, as they have more fun, and as they climb the ladder of success and fulfillment in parallel, the relationships that you will have with those people will be solid. And believe it or not, there are a half a dozen of your friends right now in your peer group that are going to rock it, right? And right now you have an authentic relationship with them. Versus say someone who's an established VIP who knows that those volunteers that come to help them are likely going to view it as an opportunity to advance their career. And to be fair, this is not a bad thing when people, you know, want to volunteer or get hired or uh, make videos or volunteer to edit content. I, I'm not saying that that's bad. And I'm, I'm also saying that I'm aware that they could, you know, want to benefit from a relation, relationship here. And, and as, as long as that's transparent and we're all aware, it's not a bad thing. It's just a less pure basis for the relationship than, say, a relationship that you could have with one of your peers. Now, I'm not saying to do only one and not the other. I'm just saying I want you to flip the script a little bit. Everyone says go work for the highest person up on the food chain that you can. I, I'm qualifying that. I think there's a lot of benefit in collaborating with people who are at your level in your community, especially in a way that's coming from a place of selflessness and camaraderie. And to put a little finer point on this, if you're both in the unknown slash starving, I hate that that word, but I know you identify with it uh, because it's a it's a framework for our culture. I'm not going to use it again. I just say if you're in the unknown artist phase of your career, then clearly money and notoriety are not the primary motivating factor, which is fantastic. You want to do the craft because you love the craft. You want to create whatever it is, a business, a living, a life, a film, a book, a career, not only because you're going to be rich and famous, but because you like it. That's valuable. Now, I want to take a second and fast forward now. Uh, let's fast forward years ahead when you and some of your friends have worked your way up the power structure in whatever discipline that you choose to work. Your peer is going to remember you. They'll remember that you all were in the trenches together and that you helped them when there was no motivation other than generally desiring camaraderie and community. 
that you helped them because you wanted and ideally vice versa will count for a lot at some point in the future. You know, you've heard this phrase about advertising, like 50% of advertising is really valuable and the other 50% isn't. The problem is you don't know which 50% at the time you're spending those advertising dollars. I think the same mentality can be put to work here. What might be a quick favor to you um, right now, what, you know, that someone did for you, you may remember that forever and look for the opportunity to repay that person at some point in the future. And the same, or rather the inverse could be true for someone else. All right. Just a reminder, that's sort of thing one, aim to add value to your peers. Now thing two under this sort of guidelines or finer points on how to get great results in community, how to show up, not just for yourself, but for others. When you show up in a community, you got to be yourself. That does not mean be an expert in a thing or a space where you are not. You know, I've seen all kinds, I don't know if you're like me, but I, I see all kinds of dodgy self-appointed experts out there who are frankly, they're just trying to bullshit their way into success, bullshit their way into the room. You know, the reality is that they, I believe are operating off of very seriously misguided assumptions. Um, one that you must be seen or one must be seen as an expert to be valuable. That's not true. And two, that by labeling yourself an expert, that you can actually be an expert. Now, just to be clear, anyone who actually is an expert and looks at someone who's a self-appointed expert does not find you helpful. They find you bizarre. And I think there's probably a negative orientation around that. People see through this shit. And while it might seem like the people who are doing that hustle bustle ahead by, by bullshitting their way there, they're not, trust me. And at best, they're going to get some short-term games, short-term, short-term gains. But these short-term gains will be at the expense of their relationship with the community, their relationship with individuals in that community. So if you're not an expert, don't worry. This is the, how do I get hired to do my thing if I have no experience? Start low on the telephone pole. Be okay with that. If you're not an expert, don't worry. There are endless number of ways for you to help out. And ultimately, it's through helping out and being close that you may take on some of the characteristics, learn some of the knowledge and the skills down the line to get you there. But I don't even want to get ahead of myself. I just want you to start by showing up. Find a spot where you can pitch in and then get to work. Now, thing three. Remember, thing one, aim to add values to your peers, not just the famous people. And two, in your community, I want you to be yourself. You do not need to be an expert. You can be naive, honest, humble, curious. You should be all those things. Those are really beautiful characteristics when they come from a true piece in you, a true part in you. Above all, number three plays big, big role here, and it's be genuine, right? While helping others can and will be a huge benefit to you, that shouldn't and it can't be your only motivation. 
rather than looking at this through some transactional lens, how can this person that I'm working with or collaborating with or serving or hanging out with or trying to learn from, how can they benefit me? That's transactional. Instead, I want you to look at it as a fun way to make new friends and brighten someone else's day. Put your needs, your um, psychology, your fear, your transaction on the shelf. Ask yourself the question, how can I add way more value to them than thought originally possible? That is a bomb-ass question to ask. That's seeking a real opportunity to participate in the community, to give back, and to help someone else achieve their goals. And along the way, believe it or not, if not now, at some point down the road, others will doubtlessly do this for you. Be selfless and yet have the faith, the confidence, the belief that a rising tide will lift all boats. Now, just like I said earlier, people can see through the bullshit and the fake experts, self-appointed uh, superstars. Just like people can see through all that shit, they can also recognize those people who are genuine. Authenticity goes a huge distance, goes a long, long, long way in the business of creativity, in, in the business of being human. And I promise that it will serve you well. All right, this idea, I'm going to wrap up here. This idea, the mantra that helping others equals, in a weird way, helping yourself. This can be true at every stage of your career. But it might be the most useful as, say, a productivity hack early on in your path or for someone who's interested in changing careers or, or has a new area of focus. Now, again, I got to say it for the 80 millionth time. I don't ever want you to stop pouring effort into honing your craft, being great at the thing. There's, there are no substitutes, but if you feel like you're struggling to get your career off the ground, if you feel like, again, go back to my, my book, creative calling, I-D-E-A, where I find most people struggle is the A. People can imagine what they want to do with their life. They can actually set a plan. They can you know, take some courses and help them orient toward what they want to do. They can actually do some of the work. But if you've done the work and you don't have the community, that A, Amplify, you're going to struggle. Now, again, I want you to pour work into your craft. But if you feel right now that you're struggling to get your career off the ground, this project, then you'd be hard pressed to find a better investment of your time and energy than helping someone else get their shit off the ground. You're going to learn something in the process. You'll be in service of others. You can wake up and look at yourself in the mirror, know that you've done something beneficial and how you're treated or you know what fell from that. It almost doesn't matter. Because if you get in a habit of doing this over time, I promise you will end up in the plus category. Again, this could seem counterintuitive in that you may expect that only experienced pros or quote experts can be helpful to you. But that's not at all true. In fact, 
if you make a relentless focus on helping others, help others and play a key part of your playbook, if you can make that core to your routine, your vision for who it is you want to be or become, if you can help others be core to your playbook, I will go so far as to promise that you will have a more direct line to success for yourself. Big statement, I know. So I'll leave you with a question, maybe two questions. One, are you just taking from this community, the community that you look at as where you want to spend time in the future, where you want to be a leader, you want to be an expert, you want to show up and be seen? Are you just taking that, taking from that community or are you giving? Are you giving back to that community way in advance? How can you make that more equitable? How can you give as much or more than you're taking? Helping others is actually helping yourself. I very much want you to add this to your playbook. Hey, that was an awesome episode. But before you bounce, just I got three quick thoughts. First, thank you for being in this community. It gives me so much juice. I can't even tell you so much juice that when I hit publish and this show goes out into the ether, that there's an amazing community of like-minded people just like you consuming and sharing the show. So thank you. Second, it would be huge. It would mean the world to me if you left a review at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. Now, we're regularly featured at the top slot there on Apple's podcast page and others and Spotify, etc. And that's because of your reviews. So if you've ever wanted to uh, lend a hand or you got some value from me in the past and you want to pay it forward, that would be amazing. And then lastly, it would also mean the world to me if you shared the content that you get here whether it's a screenshot or a photo of where you're listening, anything via Instagram stories um, or any other social feeds tagging me and the guests. Now, I repost this content and your comments all the time, so I would love to share your shoutouts in my feed too. Um, not only do these shoutouts, uh, are, are they good for you and me, but they also help us book amazing guests because they see the reach that you cultivate. This is a way for you to help contribute to the show. So again, I want to say thanks. I'm just at Chase Jarvis. You can use at Creative Live as well. And the guests are easy to track down because they are, well, they're usually quite well-known people. Um, but again, thank you so much for listening. I'm looking forward to being in your ears again, hopefully tomorrow.